Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1234 in Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Quickly into. The Ashley Fine Floors text line at 7804960063. Just as uh, Brendan Escott negotiates contact with our next guest, Elliot Freeman, for the River Cree Resort Casino. Brian has texted the show, Bob, what kills viruses better than hot sauce and alcohol? I'm so cheesed off, bars are closing, I can't go for a beer and wings. Brian, I will personally attest to the fact that. Uh, I lived a large portion of my 20s uh, and early 30s on uh, booze and uh, chicken wings, and I was sick more then than I have been over the last five to eight years. So I don't know if that, that's just been my own unofficial sort of uh, personal experience. Uh, and Randy out of Brooks, Alberta says, Damn it, Bob, there's got to be some isolated army camp in the Arctic with a rink. You know where I'm going with this, right? That one comes to us from Randy and Brooks. All right. Again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063 on our Ashley Fine Floors text line as we head off and hook up with Elliot Friedman uh, for the River Cree Resort and Casino. We will tell you that Elliot Friedman is our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Touchback Safety. A family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. Hello, Elliot. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. How are you doing? Hey, it's all about perspective, isn't it? Yes, it is. Absolutely it is. Could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse, and hopefully it doesn't get a lot worse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I understand. All right. Uh, yesterday on this show, uh, Brian, and, and one of the things that we've done with each of our guests over the course of this week, and, you, and full disclosure here, because we don't lie or BS on this show, uh, I give El, I gave Elliot we a heads up saying I'm going to ask I'm going to ask you this question, mm-hmm. uh, and then that'll morph into another conversation. But at this stage, what do you think the percentages are? We've done it all week with each of our guests that we will have some form of an NHL playoffs in this spring slash summer? Well, I choose to be optimistic, so I believe there's going to be something. But to be honest, Bob, like we're all talking out of our butts here. Nobody's going to know until the end of April. Nobody's going to know until the end of April. That's when we're really going to have an idea of where we are and where we're going. And, and if we flatten the curve and you know, if there's a second wave and all that stuff. So I'm going with I choose to be optimistic, but we won't know for another month or so. So your percentage will be 60-40? I'm going to say above 50 just because that's what I choose to believe. All right. There we go. I heard a wild one today. Okay. Someone, I talked to somebody connected in the game, and they mentioned to me the possibility of an NCAA style Sweet 16 with uh, four teams playing in one city 
and they at times obviously four locations for the 16 playoff teams based on points percentage and uh, then you would have uh, that would be your play down and it would lend itself to the regional champions ending up playing in a final four at the location of the team with the, the highest uh, point uh, regular season uh, point total well, I think something like that could end up... Like, first of all, we have to understand that everything is on the table. Everything's on uh, the table. Everything's on the table. That's number one. Number two, I think that could be possible. For example, let's say it's 16 who make the playoffs. Let's say it's 24. What are the chances that all 24 of those places are going to be clear? Like, we don't even know if we're going to be able to have fans at these games, Bob. Right. So... What are the chances, let's just say they are, what are the chances that all 24 of these build cities are going to be clear and can host a game? What are these chances that all of these places are going to want to bring people in? What are the chances that, um, you know, even the border's open? I mean, we don't even know yet. So, yes, I do believe that one possibility, like I heard and I wrote this week, someone I know was connected to the NBA said that he heard that they were thinking of having the playoffs at one or two locations. So if you told me it was four, um, yeah, I, I could absolutely see it. I also wonder if like, a, somewhere like the NHL or perhaps even the NBA looks at holding you know, in a neutral site where it's clear. Like, just say for argument's sake, what if a place like Saskatchewan has is clear and it isn't hit as hard as other places because there's fewer urban centers and there's more remote population you know would they do something like that i think all options are on the table yeah absolutely now somebody suggested to me elliot i mean look the ncaa at one point and this is when you know what got real was when the NCAA said that uh, they were going to play March Madness without fans. It showed yep. you the kind of money they get from CBS on basketball, that their initial plan was to play without uh, out fans. Um, there is something to be said, like, this, this is, and, and hockey pales in comparison to the importance, obviously, of, of bigger societal uh, matters dealing yep. with COVID-19 and coronavirus and you know, flattening that curve and getting this uh, this pandemic under control. But there is also something, you know, someone suggested, Bob, regard, like, can the league really, it'll take years to build back from being off for seven months, which is why, you know, follow the money for the NHL and the NBA. They've got to have their product back out there at some point here during the spring slash early summer. Well, Bob, also, don't forget the U.S. TV deal is up next year, right? So if you come back with something spectacular that gets you good eyeballs or big eyeballs, that's your best chance of making sure that that's safe. And that's why, like, when people say, oh, well, Chicago could end up being in the playoffs or Montreal could end up being in the playoffs or maybe you put everybody in and you include, say, Detroit and... Uh, Buffalo, which are big TV markets, I understand why that could happen. You know, this is, you know, people could say those teams don't deserve to be in, and in any normal year, you'd be right. 
But if you said to me that you were going to do something to make sure all of your biggest markets were in there, particularly when there's an American TV deal up next year, I'd say this is the year you do it. And we maybe have to say, okay, that's probably not ideal, but there's bigger concerns here. Right. And so therein lies uh, part of the issue. I mean, I know we discussed in the past a 20-team uh, playoff where the top three teams, Elliot, in each division were in. And then there was a playoff 7 through 10, 8, 9 to claim the final two spots in each respective conference. And the comment back to me was, okay, you do that. And now the teams that have been playing, the 7 through 10 or 8 through 9 winners, actually have an advantage, especially if you go to a model that's best to five after to get the games done by the end of the, uh, June. So, I mean, it's all, hey, it's all theory at this stage of the game, isn't it? I think you have to assume that if we can, we're going into July. Okay, on that note, what happens to expiring contracts and what happens to immigration? Well, I think in that particular expiring contracts and what, sorry? Uh, and immigration, which is often tied, you know, your your, your different uh, P1 for a specific type oh, of... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, you know, they'll work out agreements to extend the contracts. Like, that's pretty okay. simple. You can say, okay, the league year... The league and the players can agree with it, and they can say, okay, the league year normally ends on June 30th. This year it ends on what? You name it. July 15th, July 30th, whatever the case. Or, or, or if, depend on what you need, right? Yeah. Like, if that's, no, it's, what it's going, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be something like that. I, I don't believe there's an appetite. I don't know what you've heard, but I don't believe there's an appetite to play in August. You know what, Bob? There may not be, you know, like like people are gonna have to understand that this is this is different. You know, there, there's not an appetite here for a lot of things, and like like look, ultimately it's up to the league and the players. They have to agree with whatever they want right. to do. Um, you know, I think everybody would prefer to play right now, but the bottom line is, if you don't play, the damage to the business is going to be astronomical. First of all. The salary cap is going to drop, okay? And the teams are going to have to buy out people. Or there's going to have to be, you know, compliance buyouts. Right. And if, and, if, and if the players don't play and the playoffs are canceled, they're going to get escrow between 30 and 40%. Imagine 30 or 40% of your, pay, of your paycheck being deducted. So, I mean, one, yes. And I'll tell you this. Like, the league wants to have... A Stanley Cup this year, an 82-game playoff next year. If that doesn't happen, it's going to affect negotiations too. At the end of the day, Bob, like it might not be a matter of want. It may be a matter of what you have to do to protect the business and your own paycheck. Yesterday, Brian Burke was on the show. We're joined by Elliot Friedman for the River Cree Resort and Casino. And Brian brought up compliance buyouts. He said maybe you give each team a couple. Uh, the cap's at $81.5 million in uh, hockey-related revenue. Uh, HRR split 50-50 uh, between the yep. players and the teams. Um, realistically, if we had a $5 billion total for this year, Elliot, we're probably looking at no more than 3.2 to 3.5 billion of that actually uh, collected, at the, and that might be a best case scenario because the amount of money that the respective organizations and uh, you know how much HR comes in from the playoffs. 
So do you think there would be an appetite to explore, as an example, a couple compliance buyouts to offset the cost to pump, uh, to give teams some creative flexibility cap-wise? Uh, I think the players might go for it. Not Don't know about ownership, but give me your perspective on that. I think it's possible. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that what could happen here, Bob, is that first of all, I, I think now the number I've heard it was a five million billion dollar business last year, as you mentioned. I've heard the concern is about a billion dollars. That's twenty percent of the cap from last year. Um, I think it's very likely that you get a negotiation between the league and the players as to what the cap will be next year. Um, I think they'll try to keep it. If they're worried about it going down, I think they'll try to keep it as close to 81.5 as they possibly can. And they'll negotiate to do that. And I think if the escrow is as high as they're rumoring it for it to be, I think it could go to... Um, I think what you could see is the players in the league negotiated to pay it over out over a couple of years. But to do all that, you might need compliance buyouts, yes. I think it's possible. I think all of these things are going to come up in conversation. And that obviously could be, uh, for, for this year's crop of UFAs, it's, it's the worst case scenario, isn't it? It's bad. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a nightmare for these guys. No question about it. I, You know, you always want to have, if you're a player, the most money in the system to, cap, to capitalize on what you're going to earn. And next year was going to be a unique year because it was potentially a strike lockout year. There was less money in the system, so it was going to be good for the players in terms of escrow. But now, because of this happening and the losses, it could be quite the reverse. Elliot, we're going to put you on hold for about 45 seconds. Brendan, can you replay Brian Burke's clip from yesterday's show? So first off, we have to determine what the losses are. Does insurance cover these losses? In some places I'm told it will, some places I'm told it won't. So what is the total loss? Again, we got an 85% of the regular season. So we got to figure out what that wage gap is, and then there's ways to figure out moving forward how to deal with it. I've heard discussions about compliance buyouts to let teams get to this new cap to solve some of their problems, which they gave in the last CBA. Each team got two cap compliance buyouts, which were exempt from the cap. I've heard talk of that. My response to that is, okay, if that's what's going to happen, I want a, I want an extension. I want to know there's not going to be a, a, a work stoppage in the next 8 to 10 years. I want to see if they're going to do this, join arms and sing Kumbaya, which is great. I want an extension. I don't want to know that I'm going to come back, watch my beloved Oilers, and then have a work stoppage in 18 months. There you go. That was Brian Burke uh, from yesterday's show. Brian's appearance is brought to you by our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Elliot Friedman, on the line. And so I wanted to pick up on that, Elliot, part two, sort of along that conversation. We talked about the option of compliance buyouts. There is no, there, coming out of this, you know this, there will be no appetite from the public and from the consumers and from the fans that love this sport. They're not going to want to hear anything about work stoppages in the next couple of years. It's going to no. take that long to rebuild the game, isn't it? Yeah, it will, and uh, I do think that you will see CBA discussions be part of this. I think you could see the players talk about the possibility of a world and the league as a World Cup because they're going to need to make money. I think you're going to see combina- you're going to see t- end for the U.S. TV deal in Seattle coming in. I'm sure the Olympics will be part of it too. I think all of this is going to be a conversation. If you look at the NFL, 
They passed their CBA on the weekend. It was a very difficult vote. A lot of superstars were against it. The vote was close. It was 1,000-something to 900-something. It was really close. You know, union votes on CBAs tend not to be that close. Um, but I think some of the uncertainty of where we were going played into it, even though the NFL is probably about as bulletproof as any league could be. But I think for the players, it showed that it affected them. So I do think this is all going to be part of the conversation. And uh, even without what's happened now, I think fans were sick of lockouts and work stoppages in the NHL. Yeah, 100%. I mean, one of the bigger differences with the NFL is you're eminently replaceable in that league. You know, there's 130 Division One programs they produce. And there's not guaranteed contracts. Yeah. And there's not guaranteed contracts. So you can't afford to screw around if you're an average player in that league. you got to make your money when you have the chance to make money. And drawing a line in the stand from a union perspective, sort of, in my opinion, has, with the NFL, has always defied logic. Yes, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. I think, uh, um, you know, I, I think that in the... In the, there, they've never had the strongest union. I think the NHLs has tended to be stronger over years. Uh, baseball's probably tended to be the stronger one. Um, I, I think that, I just think that this is, like, look, like, Bob, this is changing everything. Not only for athletes, it's changing it for the world. We don't know what life is going to look like after this, how, what the new normal is going to be. So I think everybody's going to be conservative, not just, you know, players and leagues. Uh, they're going to try to be aggressive in terms of what they do, but they're going to be probably be conservative in how they plan long term. And uh, I don't think the NHL is going to be any different. All right. Uh, you've had a lot of time, I'm going to assume, to do other things here over the course of the last week. Um, it's amazing. I just I, I think of prepping for the game last Wednesday against Winnipeg. That was a Sportsnet national game, by the way. And, and to think that... I don't even remember it, that game at all. Yeah, you know, and uh, we were then uh, going to end up, I think we had the Islanders in town on Friday, and then we're supposed to go on a three-game road trip, and tonight we're supposed to be playing Tampa Bay. I mean, it's just, what has, uh, I, I talked about some of the movies that I've watched over the cl- course of the last week, uh, The Princess Bride, which is one of my personal favorites. That is a great movie. Uh, what else have we seen? Last night we watched the first Austin Powers uh, movie. Uh, we watched The Blues Brothers which, you know... That's another great movie. Another great... Is there anything that you've sort of... I don't know if it's been family time, or I also obviously didn't watch Aaron, the Aaron Hernandez story on Netflix. I didn't watch that one with the kids, but uh, yeah. is there anything that's caught your eye here over the last week? Well, you know what? First of all, you should listen to the Aaron Hernandez podcast, because I think it's I keep hearing better. That. It's better than the Netflix. I, I really think that. It's, it's fantastic. You know what? We caught up on Curb Your Enthusiasm, I caught up on Homeland. I haven't really watched many movies, um, but I find myself catching up. Like, I want to catch up on uh, Ray Donovan. Like, I've got a bunch of things I haven't been able to watch that that's what I'm looking at catching up at. Now, is Mandy Patinkin, is that the guy that's in Homeland? Yes, he's in Homeland. Yes, he is. Because he, of course, was in in Dingo Montoya in The Princess Bride. Yes, he was. You killed my father, prepared to die. There we go. Elliot, uh, thank you for taking time to join us here. Uh, and we'll uh, hopefully at some stage have – and it, the situation literally – it is – is it – just to wrap up, is it a, a fluid situation 
or is it kind of like everybody's on hold? I mean, you said it. We're not going to really know until the end of April at the earliest. I think I think everything's on the table, and unfortunately, like people don't like uncertainty, and I understand that. And uh, I think I would I would say, like I said, I, I think it's I'm optimistic. I'm a really uh, I'm a believer that you have to live this way, have to be positive, and I'm going to be that way. But I don't think we're really going to know for another month. As always, Elliot, thanks for your time. All right, my man. Take care. Take care. That's Elliot Friedman. He's our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. We'll tell you that guests and Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, which, because of the pandemic, is currently closed. Brendan Maggie Taylor at Roos Chris just wanted to say to everybody out there, stay safe. You can text us at any time. We'll get to a couple of those texts when we return in Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 12.57 in Edmonton. Let's go to a text here on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. This is Oilers Now. Scott has texted the show to say, Bob, have people totally lost their minds? All these suggestions on how the playoffs could play out are ridiculous. NCAA-style tournament? Come on. The NHL has to show a little respect for itself. Like Mark Spector and Gary Bethman both said in roundabout ways, if you can't do it right, don't do it. I think the possibility of the NHL resuming the season is next to zero. It's not the end of the world if the Stanley Cup is not awarded this year. I realize you're in uh, the business and have an obvious vested interest in the season resuming, but a little common sense can go a long way. Thanks from Scott. Scott, that sentiment that you have is out there. There's uh, certainly people that think there's zero chance of uh, any form of resolution for this season from uh, a Stanley Cup uh, perspective taking place. It's a fair perspective to have. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Mark Spector when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.